Welcome to It Is the Louis Bellina Show, presented by BB Automotive and Superior Auto Service. Very happy to have us join in studio, the Charles Schwab Studio now, AM Athletic Director Ross Bjork. How you doing? Howdy. I'm doing great. Is it summer yet? Oh, just is there, su- is there such a thing? Have you walked out of I mean, your car yet? <laughs> the heat, yeah. Forget the heat. I mean, it's uh, that's just Texas, right? Uh, we're just in the in the throes of the uh, the hundred degree temperatures in the heat index. So, but it is kind of summer. It's got you know that summer vibe. We have less traffic around town. Definite, right? Starbucks. I go by Starbucks in the morning. It's not as crowded. All the lines are half you know? as long. Yeah, there still yeah. might be a line, but it's right. half or less long. We love our students, but every we need a break too. You know, so uh, no, it's been. It's been good. No, great to see you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I always enjoy talking to you. I always say thank you right off yeah. the bat because yeah. there's a million things you can be doing and there's so many decisions you have to make. I know your time is pretty valuable and precious. Kind of wanted to start with a year interview because yeah. we're yep. done now. Yep. How would you grade? And this is the athletic department. Yeah. This isn't a sport. How yeah. would you grade the athletic year that was? Yeah. Yeah. Are you looking for a letter grade? Are you looking for numbers, percentages? Uh, okay. I'll let you pick the scale, yeah. and it can be the ABC or 1 to 100. Yeah. You pick the scale, say, and what's the grade you have? You know, I'd, say, uh, I'd say we're probably a B to B+. Plus. Um, I think we had some really, really great moments uh, during the athletic year. Um, and we're just talking performance, uh, of course, on, you know, on the field, on the court, on the track. You know, our, our women's golf team, back-to-back, you know, semifinal match, match play at the NCAA, you know, final four, basically. Um, our women's tennis team, SEC regular season champs, made it to the Elite Eight, had a tough match. Uh, women's golf was also SEC champs. We had, we had four teams compete for an SEC championship. Men's basketball, lost to Alabama. Baseball lost to Vanderbilt in the in the SEC tournament, and then we had two teams that won it. You know, women's golf and uh, in tennis. Um, so, I think we had a, a an okay year. The thing that I've been talking about the most, and probably talked on your show, you know, several months ago when I was on here, we have to be more consistent at a at a higher level, of course, too, but more consistent. You know, soccer got beat in the first round of the NCAA tournament last year. Volleyball didn't make it. Women's basketball didn't make it. Men's basketball made the tournament, right? Number two in the SEC. But lost in the first round. But lost in the first round, right? Baseball, hey, started out preseason top 10, a lot of expectations, but we kind of all knew internally, yeah, you know what? The pitching is going to have to see where we are. And sure enough, the depth, you know, wasn't there. Obviously, everybody pays attention to football, right? Not good that we were five and seven, made some changes, made some fixes. Jimbo's focused new offensive coordinator, some new coaches. I think there's going to be a new rhythm and a new excitement that I think people are going to see. Um, track and field's always consistent, but on the men's side, you know, we haven't done as well the last couple of years. But the women finished fifth, you know, at the NCAA meet at the, you know, national track and field meet. So there's spots that we are okay and doing well, and then there's other spots where we just have to be more consistent. And I think we're going to finish 25th in the Director's Cup which measures overall uh, athletic success in all of your sports. But we've been as high as 12 here at Texas A&M. You know, that's the highest we've ever finished. Do you believe in the Director's Cup? You know, I think it's a good way to, to look at some programs. Good. You know, the, the, the metrics are a little tough. If you, you know, we have 20 sports. You know, where Stanford won it this year, they got like 32. And they you get know. points in sports that don't exist at many, many, many schools. Right. You know, Texas won it 
the last two years, you know, but they have rowing, you know, we don't have rowing, you know, and so, you know, things like that. Yeah. Equestrian, we finished uh, eighth in the national meet, but it doesn't count in the director's cup points because it's not an NCAA, you know, so it's a little bit flawed um, in terms of overall. That's what but, I was kind of asking. It gives, you some, it gives you some indication that, hey, things are going in the right direction or not, and you can measure that. So okay. I'd, I'd say uh, let's just go with a B plus. Okay. Louis overall on the field, on the court, you know, the track, et cetera. From listening to you, and, and you, you've joined me many a time, which, again, so grateful yeah. for the time, you're mentioning postseason. And I think in the past that wasn't necessarily brought up as much. Is yeah. that a – I say a shift, but is that just now um, a natural progression of of the athletic department since you've been here, where when you first get here, okay, let's build some things, but now that the buildings happen, do you have more expectation now? Yeah. Or has that always yeah. been? I no, mean, I you know the question. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think at A and M, you know, the way we're funded, the way our support is there from the twelfth man. I mean, we have unbelievable donors, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that. And we we renewed at ninety three percent in the football season ticket renewal rates, which is really unheard of in college sports, you know, especially coming off a five and seven year. Our fans are unbelievable. So with that comes expectation. So I think the measurables of performance or something that that we have to talk about and again it goes back to we have to be more consistent and the way you measure that is okay what'd you do last year did you improve upon that did you get worse and so those are the things that we're going to talk about in the sec we want to win as many sec championships as you can but if you finish in the top three you're in you're a top 10 team in the country it doesn't matter what sport it is if you finish in the top half you're probably a top 25 you know, program. And so the SEC gives you the ability to, I think, make a long run in NCAA postseason, and, and you want to definitely uh, have those things happen. Yeah, no, I think something you said right in there is yeah. like the truth of the matter, where if you're top three in the SEC, you're usually top five in the country right. in five out of six SEC sports. Right, that's right. So if you make that your goal to finish top three in the conference, by de facto, you're making right. yourself a national championship contender. No doubt. And isn't that nice that you can build yeah, both ways that yeah, way? Exactly. That's in other right. conferences, yeah. you can build to win your conference. You're still not a contender That's on the right. national level. That's exactly right. That's rough. The stage is great. The stage is set within the SEC for sure. Athletic department-wise, to the projects, what projects did you lay to rest this year? My goodness. Um, you know, I was in a uh, hard hat and uh, work boots the other day taking a tour. We were doing a little video shoot of giving people a kind of behind the scenes, so we'll release that hopefully next week. People love those. So nothing nothing has been finished yet in terms of what we started last summer. So everything is still under construction. Okay. And there's many things that will be ready by the start of uh, football practice or the start of the academic year or the start of the first game. So right now, indoor football is being completed. That will be done by the 1st of August, even though it looks like they've got a long way to go when you drive by there. Every day I drive by going, okay, are they going to make it? Are they going to make it? The schedule shows that they're going to make it. They're working double shifts. There's over 200 workers on site. I mean, they're they're moving. So that'll be done by the start of football. Uh, the second floor of the Bright Building, which is now going to be all of our individual breakout rooms, linebacker room, the running back room, the quarterback room, the rec- all the position rooms. Then we're going to have two walkthrough rooms that have video walls where the coaches can put up a defensive set, an offensive play, and you can basically line up against a video wall and basically simulate a play or simulate 
um, several a series of plays. With the whole wall? The whole wall. And so we're going to have one for offense and one for defense. It's basically almost as wide as a full football field. It's like 46 yards wide, 15 yards deep, and we'll have two of those. That'll be on the second floor of the bright. That'll be done by the 1st of August because that has to be ready for practice. I want to walk through this. They're unbelievable. This sounds incredible. They're unbelievable. When we put this video out, it's still under construction. It's sheetrock and cement and everything, but they're going to be one of a kind. No one else in college. So the the amount of space that we're going to have right. for the football program will be, you know, for teaching and coaching, really the only program. So that'll all be ready by the 1st of August. We're building new suites in Kyle Field. That'll be ready by the first game. They might be painting in there the morning of the New Mexico game. Saturday morning, first game. It, you walk it, in and the painter's like, let me get my brush ha- real quick. Probably going to happen. Yeah. Um, but that'll be ready. Um, the, our indoor track, which is over on West Campus next to the, the outdoor track, the Cushing uh, Stadium track, that'll be ready probably middle of no- uh, December is when that'll be ready. So they're laying the track right now. It's a Mondo surface. So those projects will be done this calendar year. And then our new academic center will be open in the fall of 2024. So things are moving, progressing. On time? On time, within budget, and that's a relative term. How do you get Um, the on time part so right? Because the timelines tend to be tight, and every construction project ever runs late. But yet you guys, you guys being Texas A&M, tend to do pretty well with timelines. Is it built in, I guess? You said it, Texas A&M. So we have, not only do we pick great contractors, so you have the general contractor, but you have great project management people here within the Texas A&M system at the university level. And then we have our own project manager person inside athletics who interfaces with all of this. So You want to throw a name out there? Give him a little props? uh, Craig Volka is his name. Uh, Craig came from the private, so he's an Aggie construction science uh, management degree, came from the private sector. We wanted somebody that this is all they focused on, and Craig has done that, and it's been awesome to, to see these things come together. So it's a combination of people, resources, the A&M mentality, great contractors, the selection process, the bidding process, the way the finances all work. It's, it's, it's really an amazing operation how it all comes together. Well, I, w- I, I got to say then that under your leadership, that process has changed quite a bit. Uh, I don't know about that, but we'll 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 take it, I guess. Um, but again, I think it's just the foresight and having the vision, and then mapping out enough time to have these things, you know, come together. So, I mean, look, Kyle Field was one of the best projects probably in the history of college athletics. To be able to do it, how they did it over two off seasons, never had to play anywhere else. I mean, all of us that were not here, so I was looking at it from afar we're all like, wow, how did Texas A&M pull that off? And now that I'm here, I see how they pulled it off, and that's a combination of all those things I mentioned. And it's brilliant. It like really everything is. Kyle Field, that renovation yeah, was really brilliant. Is. It's the best, best stadium, no doubt about it. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. I got questions from okay. some of the people okay. listening, Good. all five of them, sending a question okay. each, and more. Right. A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork live inside the Charles Schwab studio on a Thursday. The Louis Bellina Show, presented by B&B Automotive and Superior Auto Service, getting the opportunity to hang out with, catch up with, ask questions, share knowledge from A&M Athletic Director Ross Bjork inside the Charles Schwab studio. I, I told you this during our timeout that, you know, we have the Texas Mobile and Lube Express inbox and people have been texting question, 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 questions. Well, the number one question of the day, 
So as opposed to asking yeah. me the same question 10 times. N-I-L. Can you give us kind of Boy. a state of the union yeah. as of today, NIL address? Yeah. Where do we start? How much time do we have, Louie? I'll we tell you what. I'll leave till, the room and let you go all day. For you, we've got we as could, long as you want to talk. We could turn this into like one of those four-hour podcasts, you know, that people that some people I've listened out. to them. That's a long Fell asleep uh, to them, so, too. I'll try to sum this up. Uh, so we're two years in. So NIL first came to be across the, the country in a state-by-state law manner on July 1st, 2021. Could you think of a worse way than that? And state so, by state? Exactly. So, you know, it was sort of a race back at that point to catch up with California. California was the first state law, but it actually wasn't going to go into effect until 2023, this year, oh. which was kind of wild to think about well then florida raced to their law and then everybody else sort of caught up so i think and enacted we have, theirs first then yeah instead of yeah, waiting the 23 right. also that's right they they I started july 1st 2021 uh, the state of florida so then now we have 33 i think we're up to 33 different state laws and they're all different they're all unique some have you know similar components and so what we've tried to do here in the state of texas was to make sure that our university, in particular, Texas A&M, of course, but also the state was in the most competitive position. And the legislators here in our state wanted to make sure that we were in a competitive position. They're the ones that have to write the bill. We can provide input. We can provide advice. We can give opinions on different uh, elements of the bill, but they write it. And so we were able to do that this session. Uh, the Texas law, the new Texas law goes into effect on July the 1st. And in a nutshell, what it allows, it allows the universities to be more involved. Words like identify, create, facilitate, NIL arrangements for an athlete. Those things are now in the bill. So we can't be an agent for the athlete. It can't be pay for play. But if the Louis Bellina show wants to do a contract with an athlete, now we can arrange that meeting. If they like Rudy's barbecues. I got if tons like, of gifts hey, look, we're looking That's at all I got. Uh, we're looking at Cooper's right here. <laughs> exactly. We got Rudy's right here. I mean, you got it all covered. If gift card NIL works, I'm in. We can actually now set up a meeting between an athlete and Cooper's or who an do, athlete and Rudy's. Who do they contact on 12th Man Plus? There yeah, we go. Yeah. I just answered so, my own question. Got so it, you have, then you have the 12th Man Foundation. So where mm -hmm. we are is we're, we have infrastructure now. We have a full-time staff member in athletics that is really, if you think of like a wheel with a lot of spokes, He's the hub in the middle. He's the gear in the middle. And then he's going to communicate with all the spokes. Twelfth ah. Man Foundation, Cooper's Barbecue if need be, Texags, whoever it might be that's in the NIL space. CC Creations has a really good program. Kenny Lawson does a great job in the NIL space. But Jamie Wood is his name. We hired him from Ohio State. I saw that. And so now really where we are is – we can be more aggressive. We can be more innovative. So you're going to start seeing more things come out of. People think we're kind of leading the way in a lot, and, and we are in a lot of ways. Twelfth Man Plus is. I've but seen more ink and print yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. comments. Oh yeah. Every yeah. nil article I mentions, feel like mentions the Twelfth Man, Man Plus. That's right. That's right. And so that you know that's separate. They're a legally separate entity, both in fact and in practice. And so we want to make sure that we maintain that. So they're, they're off doing you know, the 12th Man Plus program, but now we can actually interface and communicate with them now that the Texas law. So that's, that's the Texas landscape. Nationally, the fact that we have state-by-state -state laws, it's not helpful. 
right? I mean, so we all get it because there's lack of uniformity. There's confusion among the athletes. Well, when you go to Texas, we, we talk to them along these lines around NIL. But in the state of Missouri, they can actually make it conditional upon what school they go to. You know, Louisiana, they're a little more aggressive in their state law. Alabama, the state of Alabama, doesn't have a law. So we need some uniformity at the federal level. And so, you know, can that happen? Will that happen? That's yet to be determined. But there's now conversations within Congress. The new NCAA president is making the rounds in Congress. I was up there a couple weeks ago in D.C. seeing our local you know, delegation from the state of Texas. So now we have to see, can you get some uniform standards nationally? And the only, really the only entity that can solve it is Congress. As scary as that sounds, we actually need Congress's help. So uh, a lot of moving parts around NIL. The crux of the matter is, uh, we were talking about this off air, it is the shiny object. Mm. It's out there, it's highly visible, but really the focus should be on how do we create a new model between the athlete and the institution economically? We give, we give a full ride scholarship athlete about $500,000 worth of value over a four year period. Like that's meaningful. hundred and a quarter but, a year. But that doesn't get counted for whatever reason in the public. So how do we create a, a better economic model with NIL being a part of it, but also all the other things that we do and so those are the conversations that I think we need to be having. And, and, but we're, we're kind of distracted by NIL, and that's important. we got to focus on it. But I think at some point we got to get to the big picture of what should be the structure between the athlete and the institution. And I've got a lot of th- opinions on maybe what that might be, uh, but there's no clear answer because there's legal things. Because everything keeps laws, changing, right? There's employment matters. There's revenue-sharing discussions. It's all evolving um, and I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a little bumpy for the next couple of years until we kind of figure this out nationally. Uh, but look, A and M's in a great place. We're on the right side of the equation. We got great coaches, great athletes, a great institution, a great community, and people want to they want to win. They want to help, and so uh, we we just got to keep capitalizing on that. So it's kind of like no matter what version of the future happens in the NIL space, A and M is in position for that future. I believe so. I believe so. And again, because may, of people. It, and, it, and it may change, you know, two weeks ago, we got a letter from the IRS that caused everybody to pause and say, hey, wait a second, how, how does this impact 501c3s? That's right. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Which is the 12th Man Foundation, you know, and so everybody's now analyzing that, you know, a week later, it may be something else that comes down that says, hey, we need to pivot or adapt. The state law goes into effect on July the 1st. That's, that's a week from Saturday, right? I mean, so... Every, it seems like every week there's an evolution around NIL, and uh, you know we're going to keep pace for sure. Let's talk about the future for a little bit. We're almost out of time. It makes me sad. Yeah. I love talking to you. I, I, I'm, I'm rambling too much. No, probably. you're amazing. You, I love the fact that you're willing to share information yeah. with people. Yeah. I've, I've met others in other positions who everything – what's your name? I can't tell you that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm mean, like, what? Okay, so it's really yeah. appreciated. But let's talk a little bit about the future. When the SEC mm. decided that eight games – one year, yep. and it's very yep. known that yep. AM's a nine-game yep. nine school. Were schools allowed to have a say in the one-year eight schedule, or did they email you and say good luck? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, we, we could have opinions on who we thought we should at least maintain in a, like a one-year So rotation. even in the one year, even in the one these year, were the teams. Right, and so there was really two models, and I think we talked about this on the show. There was a one-seven model 
for an eight-game schedule, that would have been a, like a permanent model. And that would have had one permanent opponent. And ours would have been LSU. It wouldn't have been Texas. Mm-hmm. We would not have played Texas every year in the eight-game model. Because Texas if, would have been with OU, correct? It would have been with Oklahoma. The nine-game model had three permanents and six rotational. We would have played Texas in that model. So in the since it's a one-year sort of transition year schedule, we could say, hey, look, let's maintain rivalry games, right? Obviously, Alabama was going to play Auburn, right? Georgia was going to play Florida. So we said, okay, if that's the case, let's play Texas. If we're going to do this one year, and it's sort of a stopgap, you know, bridge transition right. schedule. It, it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want. So why not Texas. want to play that's your right. rivals? That's right. So, so that was that was the basis of our input as far as who else we would play. I actually liked the way the SEC did it because they actually used some metrics. The balance thing. They said, okay, we're going to have your, you're going to keep your permanent rival for us. So that, that was the Texas game, but then the rest of it is based on performance over the last ten years. And they used Texas Oklahoma's performance, you know, relative to the Big Twelve. So that that's what I really liked about it because it created balance, right? It created like, look, we're playing at Florida. That's a that's a tough game, right? I mean, obviously we're playing Texas here, we're playing LSU here, but we're also going to South Carolina, you know. I mean, so I think there's some good balance in it, but we're not playing Georgia or Alabama, you know. In the history, haven't played Georgia yet. In the history, we will. In it, but in we the history will. of eight, yeah. it will never happen. Right. Because at the end of the one year, if they go to nine, A and M will have never played at Kentucky, and That's Georgia right. will have never played That's here right. in the history of eight. Right. And so whatever model, so what? now it's a one-year model. So now we have to make a decision on what should be the permanent model: eight games or nine games. I still think it'll get to nine games, and when it gets to nine games, we're going to play everybody at least once, home and away, over a four-year period. So we'll fix the Georgia issue. We'll fix the Kentucky issue. It's just taken a little longer than what it was originally, you know, mapped out to be. Is okay. I know there's more than one, but is the primary difference between eight and nine ESPN and the fact that this year they have three other properties they're negotiating with, and if you wait a year, that come January the SEC becomes their top negotiating priority. Is that the? Is that the? Yeah, yeah it, it's all about timing, right? So Texas and Oklahoma came in a year early, right. so that impacted timing. You have ESPN negotiating with lots of other properties, to your point, that impacted timing. You also have Disney, which is the parent Oh, company. massive layoff year for them. They're going through a whole restructure. They laid off 7,000 employees across the Disney side. Tomorrow's their next round, by the way. It affected a very small percentage on the ESPN side, but again, for them... To be going out and cutting new agreements, I mean, that they have to you know, be sensitive to that. So it was all a timing thing. So I think we'll get back to the table you know, with ESPN. I believe we'll get to a nine-game schedule at some point in time. I think there's a tremendous amount of value, not just from a TV perspective, but the fans want it. They want more content. So it's just the early transition of Oklahoma, the television world kind of being disrupted right timing. now. It was a timing thing. Eventually, I think we'll we'll get there. And it makes sense because, for me, if we go back to Super Conference realignment ten years ago, it's always it's never not been about right. money. There's no reason to make a single move because you you don't give up inventory for right. free. That's Teams right. Right. don't move for less money. Nothing happens no without a financial motive. No matter what other reasons come up, there are always others, but the number one has to be. It's right. the right. 
everything costs money when we want to make these right. changes that every Aggie wants. And yeah. when the coaches have these needs right. to have this yeah. epic, you were telling, God, that sounds amazing yeah. still. It does. The, the, but it all yeah. costs money. That's right. The money, look, the money is the money. Like, we, we have to have resources to run these programs. People want us to compete. Luckily, we're in the SEC. Luckily, that decision was made back in 2011, right, to transition to the SEC. And so the revenue piece is important. We can't just give away a nine-game schedule and say, okay, hey, we're good. There needs to be some value. The other thing is the college football playoff expands. Yes. In the 24 season, 12 teams. There's never been a team that has played a nine-game conference schedule that has won the national championship. So – that's part of the analysis. You know, does that mean we're going to stay at eight? I don't think so. Not if ESPN says but they're really yeah, That's yeah. where the nine-game thing also you know, yeah, had, to, had to take a pause. Hey, college football playoff is expanding. That's another element from a timing standpoint. Before we're out of here, and again, thank you. Absolutely. I want to give you kind of the final thought. Is there something you want people to know? Is there something you want to say for the future? Just you get the yeah. final thought, of course. You know, I think uh, I think we're poised really to kind of break out. Uh, I think we have the right coaches in place and across all of our sports. Um, you know, obviously, again, football gets the attention, but I think I think people are going to be excited about what this team's going to do. I think they have a chip on their shoulder. I was out there the other day; they're out there running at three three thirty in the afternoon in one hundred and fifteen degree heat. So the Aggies are committed to perform at a high high level across all of our sports. And then the other thing I would say, Louie, is that we also had the best academic year that we've ever had. So we have the highest GPA uh, in our program history. We have the highest cumulative grade point average. We're at a 3.1 cumulative for all of our athletes. Our graduation rates are at 86%. So we focus on the games, and that's how, kind of how we started. Like, hey, we're at a B plus on the academic side. I mean, we're at the an A+. Plus a, a plus. I mean, we're, we're cruising, and it's our staff. It's our student-athletes. So academically, we're performing at a high level. And look, A&M's not an easy school. And so for what these athletes go through to, to accomplish what they're doing is uh, pretty amazing. So we're really proud of the academic success. Enjoy some of your summer. Absolutely. You Best too. of luck with everything. Thank, Thank you. you always. And, and it's just a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. AM Athletic Director Ross Bjork, live inside the Charles Schwab studio. For all the people that texted, I didn't ask your individual questions, but I did composites so we could get them all in. And thank you for everyone that have participated. I'll be back three minutes, 50 seconds.